Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? I hope you're all really, really well and carrying on with this roller coaster of um, unfoldment, exploration. It is not easy, is it, this journey? And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about the physical cost of mediumship and the mindset required from mediumship, because they're two things that I just keep thinking about um, and want to explore a little bit more. And I thought I'd take you along for the ride with me. So the physical cost of mediumship is something that is really playing on my mind at the moment. I keep seeing posts from people that have had to stop um, working for a little bit because they've got exhausted themselves with mediumship. And 
I don't think it's something that's spoken about very often. I know when I watched Life After Death with Tyler Henry on Netflix, it was such a transformational moment for me to see him lying in bed the day after working because he was so exhausted and his mum trying to get him out of bed and him just being like, no, this is where I want to spend today. And that was the first time really that anybody had made me feel like it was okay to have the response to mediumship that I was having. And I kept thinking all of this time that there would be some sort of space that I would get to, some sort of uh, level I would reach where I would be okay, where I would not feel so exhausted from evidential mediumship and I guess there is that in the sense that the cost isn't as great as it used to be but it still does require recovery time and it's something I notice with a lot of my students is when they decide to fully step up and start committing for spirit they will get ill they will be unwell, they will um, suddenly come down with something because they've gone from doing you know, one lesson a week where they're working with the spirit world and then normally what happens is when people get brave, they get really brave. They go from not doing any practice sessions to doing five a week and then all of a sudden they'll get, they'll get unwell. And I think that we need to start discussing and acknowledging what mediumship does to you and that there is a price to be paid to be a medium and you have to manage it accordingly. Now, you guys know there's lots of blooming amazing things about being a medium. Uh, not not least, I think, the fact that I they are really teaching me to seize the day, to choose what brings me joy, to make me feel happy and take command and control of my life. I think the more you speak to people in spirit, you realise how quickly it all goes by. And I don't want to be one of those people in spirit who has regrets, who didn't take every opportunity, who kept saying, one day I'll do this, later I'll do this, when this is sorted, I'll do this. So that is such a gift to have that. It's such an incredible thing to just know that that is not the way I'm going to live out the rest of my life and to really feel that but on the flip side it does cost a lot and it is physically emotionally and mentally draining I think that spirit guides and communicating with spirit guides is less so I think I'm referring more here to evidential mediumship, although I do want to touch on healing work as well. But for the most part, I only found this big energetic cost when I started working evidentially. I wonder how much of it is nerves and feeling uncomfortable and wanting to do a good job but doubting my own ability to do a good job I do know when I get off stage after demonstrating I feel like I did when I'd run a 10k my legs are shaking my muscles hurt um 
it feels very physically arduous. And I do think that that is to do with um, the physical hold that I have in my nerves, the tension in my body. And the funny thing is, I would say to you now, I'm pretty comfortable on stage. I don't feel like I'm going to vomit so much before I go on stage. I don't feel... um, It doesn't feel as stressful as it used to. I don't sit there thinking, oh, my God, I hope I can do this because I know that I can. I have proved to myself time and time again that I can. But I still have that feeling. And I think I had it um, the other day more so because I had a bit of a difficult, not difficult, difficult, it was still good, but I had a demonstration where the audience weren't very, um, there was, I wasn't getting a lot of energy back from them, it felt very flat, so that cost me a lot of energy to sort of maintain that space, and when I got off stage from that, I did feel like I'd been in a car accident or something, it did, my body did hurt, but I think it's also not just to do with the nerves, but to do with the altered state that you have to get into to be able to blend with spirit to the depth that you want to blend to be able to get good and unique evidential mediumship. I think if you're happy with surface level stuff, it probably doesn't cost you as much in energy. Um, And that's why I think Spirit guide readings don't cost so much in energy. Past life readings don't cost so much in energy. Psychic readings. Because you are not being less specific, but there's more of a grey area that is allowed. For the most part, when people come to see an evidential medium, they are sitting there with their arms crossed waiting for you to drop names. We can dress it up any other way, but that's essentially what is happening. I had a brilliant dem the other day in Canterbury. Um, I felt that my evidence was really, really good, but it just so happened that at that demonstration, I didn't get many or any names. I think sometimes you're in a zone where you get them, sometimes you're not. But there was still blindingly specific evidence. And yet when we went to question and answer time, someone put their hand up and said, why haven't you got any names? So people all have this idea that um, you should be able to do that. And I agree that you should be specific, but I also agree that I can't guarantee what I'm going to get in the moment. But of course, I'm trying to go into a space of such a big surrender and such a deep blend with the spirit that I think it does something to us physically. And it's something we need to be aware of. Because if you're like me, when I started working evidentially, I kept thinking that there was something wrong with me. I kept thinking that I maybe had an illness or that my body was resisting it or I don't know. There were so many things that went through my head. And now I am recognising that it's just the cost of evidential mediumship. And that is why I don't do many readings. And that is why I take time off after doing a demonstration because of the physical cost. So if you're developing 
you need to allow for that because if you're developing like I was developing when I first started you're also working working a job you're also trying to run a house you have children you have family you have commitments and so it does feel kind of almost like spirit is saying to you, no, you can't do what you want to do because you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. And I don't think that's what they're saying at all. I think it is just the altered state you have to go into to be able to blend with somebody's loved one in the spirit world. I think part of the reason it's less of a toll when it's a spirit guide you're blending with is because you are blending with an energy that is on some level familiar to you. So whether you recognise them or not, or whether you know them or not, or whether you have had communications with them in this life, your soul has maintained communication with them. You have maintained some subconscious level of communication with your spirit guides because we are all doing that all the time. But when you are blending with somebody's loved one in the spirit world, you are also blending with a spirit you've not blended, blent, blent, I've made up a new word. You are also blending with a spirit you have not blent with before. And so you are learning to perceive and receive energy that is completely different to anything you've experienced up until this moment. When you're working psychically with somebody, your energy is remaining in the frequency of the physical space, so it's easier. So if you are feeling like you've been hit by a truck when you're doing evidential mediumship, you're not doing anything wrong. And I think that's important to talk about. One of the things that I've probably mentioned, but it always pays to mention things again, is what happens to people when they start working as a healer, because that really does flummox people sometimes. So generally speaking, you do your Reiki course or your healing course or whatever it is you're doing, and you will do some practice sessions and you will work with people and then you will leave that course and you at some point may decide to start a business. And when you decide to start a business, that is fantastic. But people suddenly throw everything at this business all in one go, normally because we've bought a load of stuff to make the business work and now we want it to pay off so we can prove to ourselves that it was a good business investment. And what happens is people go from healing maybe one person every couple of weeks or one person a week and all of a sudden they have six clients in one day. Now, as a healer, as you know, you are the bridge, you are the conduit for that energy. So it comes through you before it goes to your client. So it's coming through you to your client and it's healing you as well as your client. And so what happens to a lot of us is we have to deal with all of the stuff that's coming up in our own healing. So when I first started doing Reiki on clients, I found that I got more tired, that more stuff came up for me, that I had to allow more time to be present and sit with myself to filter through all of the things that were happening to my energy body. And that is really, really important to discuss, to recognise, to understand, because 
so many of us, again, feel like we're being punished, like we're being told it's not our journey, like it's not our path. And it is. It's just you have to allow yourself to have gone through what you're going through. And we don't like that. We really don't. It makes me laugh. We resist it all the way. The other thing I think with healing in in Reiki, but also healing people by giving evidential mediumship readings, is the fact that you are trying to move your energy into a heightened, altered, altered high vibrational state to be able to communicate with spirit. And at the same time, you are sitting with somebody in their grief and their sadness. One Christmas, it was my 40th birthday Christmas, and um, it was right in the middle of lockdown. And there was a lot going on energetically for me anyway. I don't think I realised how much lockdown was the best of times because it was, but also the worst of times because it was, and the difficulties of being empathic and being in that energy. And I had lots of people book uh, right close up to to that Christmas. My birthday's on Christmas Day. So um, we there was a lot going on. It was going to be, you know, a big birthday for me, but I wasn't going to be able to see my family. Uh, so many things happening in that space. And that was the year when the government said that we were going to be able to see each other for Christmas and then took it away again. So there was a lot going on with me energetically. But I had the m- most difficult set of sitters that week before Christmas, back to back. And they are still sitters now that I think about on a regular basis and wonder how they are and if they're okay. Um, Really tragic, terrible circumstances. And one of them, I did her her spirit link and I got her husband through and I proved it to her and it was amazing the evidence was fantastic but at the end she said to me but I don't understand how this helps me because he's still gone and I'm still here and it's like she had this idea that a reading would take away her grief or take away her loneliness and her loss and of course it didn't it can't doesn't change the fact that her husband had left her on her own. And that is a big energy to sit in. It's a big energy to be present with. And that kind of expectation people have that you're going to be able to make it better for them or fix it for them. And that realisation that it doesn't wipe away grief. Because it doesn't. When my grandmother died and people said to me things like, um, oh, well, you're not worried, are you? Because you'll still be able to speak to her. Well, of course I was still worried. I still wanted to sit with her in the physical and be with her. I didn't want her to just be part of the, you know, non-physicalness and know that she's around but not have that same level of relationship with her that I used to have. Of course I wanted to be with her. Um... And that's the thing, isn't it? When you're sitting in evidential mediumship, you want there to be a need. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From your sitter because the need is the charge, but equally opening yourself up to that three-way connection of spirit, you and the sitter can create big waves of stuff in your own energy body that you have to learn to deal with, that you have to learn to process, that you have to learn to um, sit with, to let go. I don't think you can let it go by just ignoring it. You have to allow it to come out. You have to, sometimes I've done readings for people and I've just gone and sat in my garden and wept afterwards. And sometimes I've wept from the wonder and the magnitude of spirit. And sometimes I've wept for the humanness and the difficulty that that poor sitter has had to go through for their life, for their experience. And that journey that their soul's been on and I feel for them. Hmm. And this is why I think so much of the spiritual journey is about self-development because I know at the beginning I thought that spirit were going to take away all of the problems, all of the parts of myself that I didn't like, all of the I thought it was just going to be easier and it absolutely is not. It's been harder. But in that hardness and in the passion of my love for mediumship and wanting to be a medium so badly and the endurance that I've had to go through has been the realisation of my own strength. And in realising that, it has made me more capable with dealing with things in both ways in the sense that I'm stronger so I can take more but also in the sense that I recognize and I'm strong enough now to allow myself the softness that I need and I couldn't always do that I couldn't always allow myself to be feeling the feels I would judge the feels and judge the emotions and wish that they would stop or wish that I was different or to me, before I worked with spirit, I thought that strength came from being unaffected. And now I know that the strength comes from being affected, from being completely and utterly immersed in somebody else's emotion, but also your emotional reaction and allowing that process to take place and not cutting it off and trying to ignore it and burying it, but sitting with it and being present with it. Does that make sense? And this is where we get to with the mindset of mediumship, because 
I know, as I've mentioned on this this episode, there have been periods of time in my development where I have absolutely felt like I was being punished, where I've absolutely felt like I have been have been rejected by spirit, like perhaps that they were showing me that this wasn't the journey for me. But now when I look back at some of those situations, I realise that they were actually to help me to grow. Because if you want to be an evidential medium, or in fact, if you want to do any kind of spirit work, if I'm honest, or even coaching work, you need to be in a space where you have earned your stripes, where you have gone through it so you can come out the other side of it and you can talk about it. And also not just the speaking, but also the the unspoken energetic communication that comes from you. It's not just the words that you say, it's how people feel when they're in your presence. Have you done the work? And so that is why it's so important, I think, that we don't just arrive at mediumship with ease. We have to go through it. And that really does help when you have that mindset approach because there's nothing quite like mediumship to trigger you. There's nothing quite like it, regardless of the mediumship that you're doing. You know, we're all facing that, can I really do this? Am I making this up? Is this really something that is available to me? Because we have all been so disconnected from our natural true state of being able to commune with spirit. Um, We have put in our own barriers and our own blockages. We have made ourselves disconnect because we have told ourselves that it's not available to all of us and in the doing of that has been the undoing of our belief in our abilities and I have no doubt that that serves a purpose. I keep thinking about this life being a simulation I'm sure I've mentioned stuff like this to you before, but I've played a lot of um, Final Fantasy computer games and I just keep seeing life very much like that. I know, you know that I have real issues with the church and how the church has limited and disconnected us. I saw a post the other day, I might have mentioned this to you guys before, but I just love it, that when they do the sign of the cross on the forehead, they're actually closing the third eye to um, prevent spirit communication directly which I just think is really it's a fun theory I don't know if they really are but it's a fun theory isn't it but within all of that and the frustrations that I do feel in the warrior part of me that wants to to smash the patriarchy and get rid of all of the religious dogma is the other part of me that understands it serves a purpose, that every single part of this experience is the way that it's supposed to be. We are supposed to feel this disconnected from spirit at this time. This is what our soul signed up for. We are supposed to be feeling that, can I really do this? And rising through that because that is the battle that our souls wanted us to have. They didn't want us to come here and be like, yeah, I can do this. It's easy peasy. They wanted us to 
think, oh my God, this is so hard. Is anyone there? Am I making this up? And constantly be riding that roller coaster up and down of, yahoo, this is brilliant. I can do it. Oh my God, I'm a pile of shit. Everything I stood for doesn't exist. And then I can do it and I'm brilliant. And being in that space, that's what our souls wanted. It's the perfect life for us even though it's hard and it's difficult because we didn't come here for it to be easy. We could have stayed in spirit if we wanted it to be easy with all of your needs met all of the time and no contrast, only the good. We come here because we crave the experience of rising through the darkness. So that mindset of, can I really do this? Well, I'm going to try. Our souls are desperate for that, that feeling of rising, of pushing through your own limitations in this scenario that we have created. I know. Learning to trust what you're getting, learning to feel what you're experiencing and trust that gentle feeling, trust that um, stuff that is so subtle you could almost be making it up. I've got a little story actually for you. I demonstrated in Canterbury a couple of weeks ago and uh, there were two spirits, baby spirits that came in and they were presenting to me as a boy and a girl. Now, when babies pass as miscarriages, I don't think it's evidential to say, well, they were a girl as if it is a fact because obviously that can't be proven. However, they were very insistent that they were a boy and a girl and that they had sent a boy and a girl spirit here that had been born. And I found their mum and it was fantastic, but they were talking to me, well, talking, see, this is the trouble. This is how we we speak about it. But they were sending me an energy that I got a little bit confused, but it wasn't wrong. So let me explain it to you. I was experiencing it as a heart tattoo and I kept feeling like it was a heart tattoo and I thought it was something to do with memory of them or connected to the the spirits of the babies that were in the spirit world so I had this sitter there who'd had two miscarriages and she now had a son and a daughter and it had been a real battle for her to have them and there'd been other things that I'd proven and she kept saying no to the heart tattoos. No, no. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I can really see it. I can really feel it. And then she told me that she's got a heart-shaped womb, a heart-shaped uterus. And so that was why she had such trouble carrying her children full term. And um, I thought, wow, OK, that's really weird because I was feeling like it was on my skin. But OK, it's a heart-shaped uterus fascinating I've just perceived that wrong then she came up to speak to me at the end and she did have heart tattoos but they weren't in memory of her children so when I'd been receiving the information I'd received it sort of en masse um, heart-shaped tattoos and something to do with why they were in spirit or in memory of them and I just perceived it slightly wrong so she was saying no but she did actually have heart tattoos as well So it's hard when you're faced with somebody saying no to not believe that you've got it 
exactly right. Um, and it's just their perception or just a couple of words that you've said that can take it out. And we have chosen that. And this is why you have to be so strong in mediumship and so strong in your belief in yourself. Because I know that unhappy Hannah, that spirit found right at the beginning of this journey, where I was in victim mode all the time. God, I was a bore. <laughs> Absolute bore. But when I was in that space, if I tried to do mediumship, it simply wouldn't have happened for me. Because every time I'd have got a no, I'd have got a, well, I knew I couldn't do this because there's not such thing as a spirit world because I'm so unhappy and my life doesn't go the way I want it to go. So I needed to go through the unfolding journey of working with spirit guides and working with healing and facing myself because that's what the healing journey is. It's not um, wiping away all of the trauma. It's sitting with the trauma and being present for all of the emotions that rise through the trauma so that you can reconcile it within yourself so it has less charge. And that again leads into the mindset of mediumship where you need to be forcing yourself to step out of your comfort zone because there is no growth without you doing that. And I know for a long time I waited for spirit to bring it to me so that I could know that this was my journey and I could feel safe in it. And when I finally realised that I had to create the space and I had to take the action and then spirit would bring it for me, everything changed. But it took me five years to learn that lesson and so I suggest and I'm still learning it if I'm honest <laughs> who am I kidding oh, oh see I feel like I just got heckled by the spirit world there there's me going five years and the lesson was learned thinking how bad five years was and then spirit guides are saying to me at the same time well still haven't learned it all the time so exactly that learning your forcing yourself again and again to step out of your comfort zone and that is the thing with mediumship it's not just one leap into the abyss and it's done it's multiple leaps into the abyss again and again and again multiple throwing yourself off and multiple giving strangers your heart and knowing that they might squash it. Multiple sitting in spaces where you've got tummy ache and tension and you're feeling so tangled up. It's that again and again and again. It doesn't just magically go away. I think the worst thing for all mediums is that feeling that your client is disappointed, is feeling like somebody is sat opposite you and you haven't given them what they were looking for and sometimes that is to do with the expectations that people have about mediumship um it's as i said to you the other day you know i'm i'm getting out there more on tiktok and it amazes me the lack of actual understanding of how it works that is out there uh, there's so many people that have their idea about how mediumship works from watching a tv show or a film or just from that collective idea that's out there that will argue with you on social media to tell you you're wrong when you have dedicated 14 years of your life to spiritual development and they will still say no but that's not how it works because i've watched the sixth sense 
Right. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> but in the real world, here we are. And so again, is that nothing worse than that feeling of you've done your best, but it not being good enough for somebody. And that has been such a continual trigger for me in my mediumship and continues to be so. So remember this, all of these nudges and experiences that you're having, even if you're right at the beginning of your journey and you're feeling like things aren't quite going the way that you'd want them to or it doesn't seem to be happening the way that you'd like it to, they're at, this is your training ground. This is them building up your resilience, your strength, your understanding of self. And by trying to come in the back door and ignore those lessons, you are going to find yourself put right on the front step again because you need them for your spiritual development. You need to develop the mindset of a medium and that comes from being knocked about by the spirit world and the universe and the people that you know and by yourself. So there we go. Another week, another podcast. I hope that you have enjoyed it and um I've loved speaking with you all as always. If you've got any questions, you can WhatsApp them to the number in the show notes and of course email podcast at hannahmedium.co.uk. Have a lovely day. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.